Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Do you guys know what is the week after that? Next sun, the, in two Sundays from today? I heard it. Pentecost Sunday. Can you believe that? Come on. Do we, do we wait two weeks to dive into the outpouring? Or do we just dive in? Awesome. Because he, he already poured it out 2,000 years ago. And we get to just live in it. Amen. <clears throat> but the, the past couple of weeks, um, we've been talking about the river of living water and the Ezekiel 47 river pouring forth from the temple and bringing life everywhere it goes. And, and it gets deeper the farther it gets. And just the more power, the more life, the more abundant life comes and the more miracles that happen and the more the, the fish, which Jesus is calling people who need him, right? gather. So I'm excited. The water is getting deeper. Come on. You guys enjoying the presence of the Lord? Why don't we take a minute and, and just, just get in the river and take a drink? You, you want to join me with that? Why don't you stand with me and, and just start drinking his presence? He's here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord. Thank you that you're here right now. Yeah, just drink. It takes faith. That's all it takes. You just got to believe it. We got we to gotta get past the concept of asking for something and hoping it just happens to us and shifting into believing that it's already here and it's, he's already given it. And you just have to open wide and take it in by faith. So just open wide and take it in right now. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Yes, God, we drink of you right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Touch each person, Lord, who thirsts for you right now. Thank you, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, and, and Lord, I, I invite your ministering angels into the room right now. Come and minister to each person right now. Each heart, each mind. Holy Spirit, I ask you to just flush out of this room anything that's distracting anybody from your presence. Hallelujah. Yeah, and I, I encourage you people to focus on God and just let the water just wash you, wash over you right now and cleanse off of you anything that could be distracting, anything that could be bothering you, anything that could be um, holding your attention elsewhere. Just let it go. Do you trust him? Do you, do you trust him? With whatever those things are, do you trust him that he's good and he can take care of it? Then you can release it. Holy Spirit, I ask you to flow right now. Yeah. Yes, Lord, you're here. Yep, you're here. You're moving. Just open up. You gotta, you gotta choose his presence. Thank you, Lord. More, Lord. Yeah, just go deeper. Just go, just go out into the river. Ha! Huh. We love you, Holy Spirit. Why don't you tell him that? Tell him, tell him how much you love him and need him right now, verbally, out loud. Just talk to him in your own words. In your own words, just express your care and your love and your need for him right now. Just take a moment. We love you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. I want more of you right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's here. Thank you, Lord. All right, I'm going to invite you to sit, but I am not inviting you to stop drinking. <laughs> so I, I want to ask you to continue to drink. You're gonna have to get your you're gonna have to get your thirst activated, your faith flowing right now. 
I've got some things I want to share with you, but I want you to be drawing of the Spirit while I'm sharing it, because there's more from the Lord. Back a few, several years before I moved to Tennessee and, and met Jessica, I still lived in Indiana, and I was in a season where I was <clears throat> learning about the Holy Spirit, not just not just the getting zapped part of him, but that he's actually a person. Did you guys know that? Holy Spirit. Is, that, is everybody awake today? You, are you coming in with me? You sure? All right. Holy Spirit is not just a power. He's not, he's not the least of the three of God, like lower on the totem pole. <laughs> no. No, he is God. He is a person. He's not an it, by the way. I never refer to the Holy Spirit as it. Some people do. No. He's a person. He has a heart. He has feelings. He has mannerisms. He has a relationship with the Father and with Jesus. And he wants a relationship with you more than what you already have. Amen? <clears throat> and I... I was reading that book by Benny Hinn called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Anybody ever read that before? It's a great book. And in that book, it just, it just really helps you to, to get a, a more understanding, a more revelation that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's with us, and he's more ready for you than you are for him. Come on. And we need to interact with him relationally. And I was learning in that season that uh, that the Holy Spirit can actually be wooed. Like you can, actually, you can actually speak words of affirmation and love and intimacy to him, and it stirs his heart and it draws him close to you because he, he likes that. He wants more of it. So you can actually draw his presence close to you by worshiping him and adoring him. Okay? Hallelujah. Believing for breakouts of the Holy Spirit today. Um, and, and so I was, uh, th there's this one day, this one day I woke up in the morning and I had already been practicing this a lot. And that morning I woke up. Now there he is. I feel him. Thank you, Lord. I want you guys to get more of it too. I, I woke up that morning and I, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit standing in my bedroom. And, he, and I felt him actually in the corner of my room, and I started just worshiping him and loving on him, just telling him things like, Holy Spirit, I love you so much. I, when, when I feel your presence and, we, and we get, I get filled with you, you make me look more like Jesus. Like just telling him all these beautiful things that I meant with my heart. And when, when I was doing that, I felt, all of a sudden, I felt him start moving because he just loves that. And I started feeling his, his presence just swirling in the room like a, became like a whirlwind, just like a whirlpool in my room. Whoa, feeling that right now. And, and then he came. Boy, you guys are a little too sober for me right now. We're going to work on this, all right? <clears throat> he, I'm serious. I want you guys to start drinking with me at a higher level. I felt him swirling, and, and then all of a sudden, he came over to me, and I could feel him tangibly. I could feel him grab the sides of my face like this, and then I could feel him put a kiss right on my mouth. I felt his lips plant right on my lips, and, and he stayed there for a second, and then I felt him pull away, and then I could feel this tingling like oil residue on my lips after he pulled away, and I just felt like this vibrating, glorious after effect of Holy Spirit kissing me. And I was like, that was amazing. It's amazing. I, I don't know if I can put any scripture on that, but that was awesome. <clears throat> Until later, <clears throat> sometime later, I found a scripture that I can put on it, all right? And, and it's in Song of Solomon, how many of you guys know that Song of Solomon is a book of the Bible? How many of you guys know that? How many of you know that if it's a book of the Bible, 
It means that God's spirit and inspiration is in it. Amen. And, that, and therefore, that makes it 100% truth. Amen. How many of you guys know this? The, the book of Song of Solomon is written by Solomon. Did you know that? <laughs> he, and it, he wrote it to be a song. Did you know that? Come on, I'm trying to make this easy for us. Okay, so, and he wrote it to his wife. And this was before Solomon ever uh, turned his heart away from the Lord. He was just a, he was a holy man. He was righteous. He was the greatest king next to his father who ever lived on this earth. And he wrote this beautiful um, poetry to his wife. And, uh, but you, you guys would probably know this too, right? In Ephesians 5, it talks about Jesus being the husband to his bride, which is the church. You guys know that one? So the, the fact is that, um, you know, we might ask the question, is Song of Solomon written to be an expression of husband to wife in, that, in a marriage relationship, or is it meant to be a prophetic picture of intimacy with Jesus and his, and his people? Well, the answer is yes. It's yes. It's both, because they're both prophetically um, their visions and prophecy of each other, okay? So you can learn from one and learn about the other. So in Song of Solomon 1, verses 2 and 3, it says, Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. <laughs> Come on, everybody say, Your love is better than wine. Come on. Come on. And it goes on, it says, because of the fragrance of your good ointments, your name is ointment poured forth. All right, so ointment, this is anointing oil. So it's saying that he kisses me with the kiss of his mouth. Your love is better than wine. And, and your name, you, you flow with anointing. It flows out of you. Anointing, it's good ointments. It, it's fragrant anointing oil that comes forth from you. What's Jesus' full name? Well, we call him Jesus Christ. Christ. Technically, it's not his name. It's a description of who he is. Christ means Messiah. And Messiah means the anointed one. So Jesus is the son of God, and he was sent to this earth, and God put the anointing of the power of the Holy Spirit upon him to flow. And everywhere he went, the anointing oil was just dripping off of him. He would just walk through crowds, and people would come and touch him, and they'd be healed. And demons would come out of people. People would be raised from the dead, and just crazy things happen as an overflow of the anointing that Jesus walked in. It just flowed out of him anointing. And so let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth for your love is better than wine. Whoa, why would it even bring up wine when it's talking about love? <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about that later. But I want you to see that because when I felt the Holy Spirit come and plant a big kiss on me, it wasn't just weird. It was actually powerful and anointed and it was intimate and he showed me that he loves me enough that he would want to respond to my adorations to him, and he would kiss me. And I felt that residue of his anointing remaining after that. That's pretty wild. Do you guys think I enjoyed that encounter? You better believe it. I want to say this. Encounters with God can make us sometimes look and act in ways that people who don't have the encounters don't understand. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's like when, when a person who, who's never been in love with somebody before, and then they meet the, their best person ever, and they fall in love, and they're all ooey and gooey, and they start acting all different, talking different, and then their friends who also have never been in love before, they start getting really annoyed with them. You are so annoying. Until they go and fall in love, and then they're like best friends again, right? But it's like that with God. Like when we encounter God, and, and, and we get saturated and consumed with his goodness, and, and, and the, the glory of God comes, and it, the, the glory 
of God is so powerful, you cannot keep your composure if it comes and consumes you. You, you are not going to be able to continue acting like you did before the glory came, or it probably won't stay on you very long. It's going to do something to you. Does that make sense? In 1 Peter 2.9, it says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's powerful in itself. We could preach many sermons and series on the fact that you guys need to know how much God sees you as his royalty. Okay? But, but I'm not honing in on that part. I want to go to the next piece here that says it calls us his own special people. All right? You're, you're royal, you're God's chosen people, but you're his special people. So guess what? You guys are the special ones, okay? But, but in the, K, the King James, it actually uses a different word, and it says we are peculiar people, okay? <laughs> peculiar, which really means weird to people who don't get you. If you, if you don't have some things that make you seem weird to people who don't get it, you might not be getting it yourself quite yet. But God wants to, he, he wants to set us apart because it says that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. When, when you experience the marvelous light and just the fullness of his glory, after you've come out of dark places, you're going to act different than you used to. All right, And if we are trying to save face with people who don't get us and try to act like them, then we're actually acting like we used to before we came out. And the Lord wants to actually bring us radical transformation and make us different than we used to be. He wants to make you peculiar. Okay? Weird. No, he's not trying to make you weird. It's actually just the people who haven't been there, they don't get it, and so they don't know how to interpret what's going on with you, so they just think you're weird. The fact is, if people, like, like it's actually more normal to be completely saturated with God. Okay? I'll bet you Adam and Eve were the... I, I, I'm going to save my verbiage or my for later. I'll explain it better. They were probably the most saturated in the Holy Spirit people that walked this planet before Jesus. I'll bet. They, they probably were dripping with God's presence. Okay? So anyway, God wants us to become smitten by his love and his presence. Smitten. He wants, to, he wants to smother you and consume you with his goodness so much that you cannot stay the same anymore. Like if you could imagine his presence and his love as, a, as actually a tangible substance, I, I sometimes like to think of it like this liquid, glorious presence of the Lord. Like get that thing soaked in you so much that it gets in every fiber of your being, spirit, soul, body. Who wants more of God? Like, I just, I don't want to just do part of it. Okay, I don't, I don't want to just stay the same. I don't want to just go so far and not get more. I, I want to be saturated with God. There's that song, uh, this famous, it's old by now, uh, worship song called How He Loves. And one of the most famous versions of it was sang by Kim Walker Smith. Uh, but there's a, there's a section of it that says, We are his portion, he is our prize, drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes. If grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. Ha ha, she says. She has that little laugh. Have you ever heard it? You, maybe none of you ever heard it before. You don't get that joke. Ha ha. All right. Did you get it, Justin? Okay, sorry. Mine was better, wasn't it? It says, so heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss. Man, if people, like we can sing that stuff, but if you don't actually want to experience that, like you don't even get it yet. Okay, like God wants to, 
He wants to bring way more than you've ever experienced before. And my heart turns violently inside my chest. I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way he loves us. You want me to sing it? A couple of you do. Jessica definitely doesn't. Happy anniversary, babe. All right, first, 2 Corinthians 5.13. I want to read this verse to you guys. This is, the, this is the primary verse I want to hit on, but I'm going to, I'm going to go other places with this, though. All right, 2 Corinthians 5.13. It says, For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Everybody say, if I'm beside myself, it's for God. All right, and then he says, but, it, but if we are of sound mind, it's for you. So why don't you say that? If I'm sound mind... It's for y'all, all right? All right, so if we are beside ourselves, it's for God. If we are of sound mind, it's for you. I love this verse because this verse gives me a clue of what kind of life Paul lived. And it's the kind of life that I like because the dude had to have been a Holy Ghost drunkard, all right? He says, if we are beside ourselves, that word in the Greek, beside ourselves, is this word in Greek. It's existe me, existe me, all right? And that word existe me means this, to amaze or to be amazed, to be astounded, astonished, confounded, okay? It also can mean, and this one might throw some people off a little bit, insane, <laughs> Beside oneself, which is the way that they interpret it, bewitched, wonder, in wonder, okay? Now, some of those didn't sound great, but you got to understand what he's actually saying, all right? Um, it, mean, it really means to be so amazed that you lose your mental composure over something, okay? So what, what I'm trying to say is, is that to encounter God in such a way that you lose the realm that you normally operate from and you go to this other place that's like separate from normal composure where you are consumed by something way bigger than you, all right? Um, so this is what I, I'm sorry, it, it sounds like when he's saying this, if we are beside ourselves, it's for God. If we are, if sound mind is for you, it sounds like it's a mental position, Okay, the way I described it. But in this verse, it actually reveals that, that it's a shift from your mind to your spirit. All right, that's, that's what his point is, is shifting from your mind realm to your spirit man. It's letting go of, the, of, of needing to know and needing to compose yourself, needing to continue acting like your normal way, letting go of things that could inhibit you so you can go farther and wider and, guess what, freer in the spirit. <laughs> Come on. The NIV worded it this way. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it says. If we are out, some people would look at me and think I'm out of my mind when this is happening. It doesn't mean I actually am, like, insane or anything. It just means people don't get it. People don't get it, but i got to let go. Of, of my mind and my, the, like, just staying in my head. See, most people who aren't walking in the greater presence of God, you know why? Because they're staying in their head too much. You're, you're trying to do head Christianity. And even right now as I'm talking to you, I'm trying to get us out of our heads because some of y'all are still in it right now, Okay. I want to get us out of our heads because there's more, okay? Um, and, and then, uh, okay, so get past your mind because there's deeper places in the spirit. So what I believe that Paul means when he's saying, if we're beside ourselves, that existe me, it's for God. What I believe what he's saying is that when we, it is for God when we get intoxicated on the ecstasies of wonder in God's presence, love, and goodness. 
Come on. And I'm, I'm just going to make this commitment to the Lord right now that even if I'm the only one, I'm going to drink. <laughs> but I'm inviting some of y'all to start drinking with me. All right? We've got to get past our mind. God wants to bring us into in, 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 sorry, intoxications of the goodness of God, the ecstasies. He wants to give us experiences of ecstasy, all right? Okay, so what I want to I make sure you understand this. This does not mean that we're nuts or that we're trying to act like idiots, okay, or acting foolish for the sake of being foolish or for getting people's attention because some people do that. But it also doesn't mean that we might not look foolish to people who don't get it. All right? I feel like I'm talking to a sleepy bunch right now. You guys sleepy? Or you're, you're hungry? Let me see if I can. What's that? Oh, I'm going deep. Is that what it is? All right. Well, we got, we're going to have to get out of deep here in just a little bit, at least deep in the head. All right. So, in, and I want to read that again in 1 Corinthians 1.27. For, oh, <laughs> never mind. I lost my spot. We need to not worry about what other people think. Okay? I'm not going to say I don't ever struggle with that. I, I do at times. Sometimes, even, even this week, like, wondering, like, what do I do Sunday? It's Mother's Day. There might be there might be people present who is not used to stuff, and do I hold, do we hold back to like whatever? Like, and and I keep, I keep coming back to no, God's building momentum, and I want to steward His momentum because we're believing for more breakthroughs. We're believing that the river's going deeper, so I don't want to retract to other places. I want to keep pressing in, and so that's what I want, and so. Like we want to we want to be careful not to um, hold back from what God's doing for fear of what people might think about us. Okay. Can I just hear somebody say Amen or something? Thank you. That's gonna help me. Thank you. Thank you. That's helping. I, I got Greg over here, and he's that's my lifeline right now. But all right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. What? Did you say you made fun of me? Oh, that's not my lifeline. <laughs> All right, listen to me. In 1 Corinthians 1.27, it says, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. All right? Or this says shame the wise. I'm not, we're not trying to shame anybody, but God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are mighty. So the point is that, that we need to not worry about what people think. We just need to be all out for God all out for God, and trust that he's going to make something great of it beyond what you can do on your own. Starting to feel it a little bit better. Thank you, guys. The responsiveness helping me. Thank you. All right, God wants to engulf you. He wants to engulf you in his love, glory, and goodness so much that you cannot maintain normal composure. Make sure that your responses are real, though, and not just helping me, all right? Just want to make sure that we're, we're all being authentic, but let's, but let's press in. Come on, we're doing this, okay? So if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are of sound mind, it's for you, okay? Sound mind, the Greek word is so, sophroneo, sophroneo. Sound mind. That's a powerful word. It means to be brought to your senses. It means to be brought to your senses. It means sound mind. It means sane. It means moderate. It means sober-minded. Sober-minded. Okay? Now, I want to say that sound mind is a, it's an important thing to have. There's, there's right places for it, and we need to operate from sound mind. But, but Paul's distinguishing two 
experiences. There, there's an experience where, where I'm, I'm with God and I'm out of my mind, not in a, I'm being a nut for the sake of being a nut, but I, I've, I've went past the mind realm into the spirit realm and I'm getting completely intoxicated in the ecstasies of God's goodness and I'm letting it completely saturate me and overtake me. And I want more. And, and then there's the, I, I'm coming into soundness of mind so that I can actually connect to you and actually have some meaningful connection with you. You get what I'm saying? They're both important, but they have different functions. There's different times and places for them. All right? So there, there's the difference of sobriety. This is literally what he's talking about in that verse. It's the difference of sobriety and being intoxicated on the ecstasies of God's wonder in his presence, love, and goodness. Okay? Most, most of us stay in the sobriety realm most of the time, and God is actually trying to get us more into the intoxicated realm. All right? <laughs> you guys, I'm working really hard this morning. <laughs> Brian Simmons, who wrote the Passion Translation, quotes that verse this way. If we are out of our minds in a blissful divine ecstasy, it's for God. That's actually a good thing. It's a good thing. And, it, and if we're in our right minds, it's for your benefit. So there's, and that's a good thing in its place. They're, they're both, they both are important to have healthy measures of them in your life, all right? Like God actually wants you to get more filled with his presence in the Holy Spirit and more intoxicated than you've ever been in your entire life. He wants to give you more of that. But he also wants us to be responsible, too, so that when we're interacting with people who, who they're not there with you, but you need to meet them at the level they're at so we can bring them the best version of ourselves, too, so we can love the one in front of us well. So we need to, we need to have our, our, whoa, there it is. <laughs> you guys need to take some of this. Come on. Thank you, Lord. He wants to give us more of the presence. All right, so we need, as, as, as responsible, Holy Ghost-filled Christians, we need to learn how to be responsible with two separate um, responsibilities and hold them in tension good. Here, here's what I want to say on them. The One, we need to go all the way with God without holding back. We need to go all the way with God without holding back. There's more for you. <clears throat> but we also need to do good with honoring the people around us and being careful to try not to overwhelm them with things that they don't get that you're doing. Okay? That's right. Okay? So, so we, need to, we need to also be able to be present with people to love them in the way they need to be loved that you have the ability to do, okay? A lot of people generally hold on to one of these two tensions without the other one. You either got people who are all about God and they forget to honor the people around them. So, so it's all God, but I disregard the people. Or you got the people who are they're all about the people and they disregard God. Which one's worse? Yes. <laughs> no. I do want to say this, that God should always come first before people. Jesus made it very clear that the first most important thing we can do is love God first. Then we need to love our neighbor well, like we love ourselves. God first, 
but, but make sure that we do the second one well. We love others around us, okay? So we do not ever want to hold back on God. But we also want to make sure that we can meet people where they need it, to love them well right where they're at. Does that, does that make sense? I, I want to tell you this. I guarantee that Paul and his crew did not hide the ecstasies that they were living in from the people. When he said, I do, for you, I'm going to show up shall mind, I guarantee you that they saw him plenty of times absolutely smashed on the Holy Spirit. Guarantee it. Why do I think that? Well, there's many reasons, but the main one is because he actually decided it was important to take the time to explain to them that when you see me this way, it's because I'm having this encounter with God. So they actually saw him having his ecstatic encounters with God. And he was trying to explain to them that I'm, I'm going to have these. I, you better believe it. It's going to happen, and it's because I need to have this connection with God. But don't worry. We're going to show up to you, and we're going to teach you, and we're going to love, and we're going to fellowship. And I'll, I'll make sure that, that I also connect with you with a sound mind too. Does that make sense? So it's important. They're both important. And, and I want to tell you this. We're not going to... We are not going to hold back here at Overflow Church. I, I still have yet to be, um, for us to, to be claimed to be a seeker-sensitive church. All right? We love people who are seeking, but I want them to come where God's showing up. All right? So we're going to keep going after it. Um, but we also want to try to help people to understand why we're doing things, why we believe what we do, why we do what we do, and that it's available for them. But at the same time, never pressure anybody to do something that they don't want to do. Hear me? And that's why two Sundays ago we had a river tunnel. And I actually, you may not know this, but I actually changed a lot of my content, my message, because I saw several visitors here who probably didn't have a clue about that type of a thing. And I, I walked through precept on precept. Why, why should we believe that God would show up in certain ways and that and the, it would cause us to behave different ways? All right? And that's why I'm doing it right now. I want to I help us to understand why and how on these things. Some of our core values... The, that are at play in, what, in this verse that Paul talks about. If, I'm, if I look crazy, but I'm just having this ecstatic, intoxicated experience with God, it's, that's me and him. But, but I also am going gonna, gonna to show up to you sober-minded so we can connect. Like that's what Paul is describing. And, but some of our core values that connect with that verse, one, focused on God's presence. It's all about him. How many of you guys want more of God's presence? Are you willing to make it look, make you look different than you've ever looked in your life if the more comes? Come on. Okay? And, and another one is the core value. Honor affirms value. And another way to say that is we want to we continue cultivating a culture of honor, that we honor everybody that we're in contact with so that they can feel God's goodness and love through the way that we express honor to them. And so... We, I, I'd rather somebody feel loved by me, even if it means that they are not interested in the thing that I'm doing, so they still felt loved, okay? And then free and responsible, like Justin said a while ago. Free and responsible. Everybody gets to determine how far you want to go in the river. I'm going farther out, and I, I'll take as many of you as you'll come with me, all right? You guys doing okay? All right. Second Corinthians 5, 13 through 15. I, I'm going to reread it, but I'm going to go to the next verses. For if we are beside ourselves, exist in me, right? It is for God. Or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. Verse 14. For the love of Christ compels us. It com Everybody say, God's love compels me. Because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all. That those who should live no longer, those sorry, those who live should no longer live for themselves, 
but for him who died for them and rose again. All right? We need to come into a more of an understanding of how much God loves us and how he demonstrated his love to us through the cross. <laughs> like Jesus did the full work on the cross for you. Okay? And this is saying that, that because he gave you his life, he died for you, you should give your whole life to him and not live for yourself anymore. Okay? So, but, but if we hold back from the more of the Lord because we're afraid of him or of what people think, are we doing that <laughs> or are we holding back? All right? God wants to give you more, and he wants you to want the more. Okay? That word compels in the Greek is sineko. Sineko. It means to seize, to capture, to arrest. So, God, so the love of Christ has seized my heart. It doesn't just compel me. It, it, he has actually seized. He's, he's, he's captured me. When, the more I know his love, the more I'm captured by his love, and I have to go all the way with it. <laughs> the more you encounter God's love for you, the more you're going to need more of him. Does that make sense? We should be so compelled by God's love and all he did for us on the cross to live fully for him with reckless abandon. Reckless abandon. Leaving all behind, including your reputation. Come on, guys. No holding back, no going back. Why don't you say that with me? No holding back. No going back. Come on. <laughs> I, I've, I've led teams on, on ministry trips a lot, especially from Bethel to different churches, different ministries who are hungry for the more that Bethel has. And, and there were times, uh, a lot of the places, like they, they think they're hungry for revival, but when you start like bringing God's presence and manifesting, it freaks them out. And then they decide they don't want revival anymore. Okay? And, and so what, we, what I've learned from my leaders, and, and it's become a value system for me, is that when you go into environments and other people's environments, you 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 gotta you gotta discern where are they at with things. What do do are they ready for this? Are, how much are they ready for it? And so like I would even teach my teams who are BSSM students ready to go see revival just blow up in places. And and what I would tell them is we're gonna go to this place and we're gonna try to get a discernment on a, like if it was on a scale of one to ten how how ready for just a crazy outpouring of God are they it could be like 10 is like it's about like it is at Bethel and so say you go somewhere and and they're they're at a three but we're used to a 10 at Bethel right so do we go to them and bring a 10 to them <laughs> if you go to them and bring a 10 to them you're probably going to blow it up and it's probably going to crush everything that they got going on and they may never want it again. So what we would do as a team is we'd be like, we'd determine or discern if they're at a three, we're going to come and try to nudge them to a four. We want to see forward advancement, but we got to do it where they're at, okay? So we want to we try to push them to a four if that's what's going on, all right? And, and I want to tell you guys right here at Overflow, we are not at a 10 yet, and that's not a criticism, but we're nudging things forward, I believe we're going to get to that place sometime, and, and we're on our way, and the water level is rising. I'm not going back. All right? So ecstasy in God's presence was actually a normal way of life in the, in the church of Acts. If you remember that story in Acts 10, when Peter was staying at some... Uh, somebody's house and he went up on the roof and he was just having a little time with the Lord and uh, he's waiting for dinner 
And all of a sudden, it says, it says in verse, 12, verse 10, it says, He became very hungry and wanted to eat, but while they, were, while they made ready, they were making dinner, it says he fell into a trance. Everybody say a trance. And then he had a vision, an open vision, where God started speaking to him. The, the gospel is about to go to the Gentiles, okay? But it says he fell into a trance. Do you guys know what the Greek word for trance is? Nope. That's a good one. It's ecstasis. Ecstasis. It's the same root word as existimi, where it talks about we're beside ourselves, or some may think we're out of our minds. It's that, it's that encounter realm. But it, it actually means ecstasy. He went into a trance. It literally is the word ecstasy. So he was, on the, he was on the roof waiting, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes on him and brings him into a, a Holy Ghost ecstasy that took him into a trance where he, he, he went out of his soul realm, his mind realm, into the spirit realm, and he's, he's oversaturated by the glorious presence of God, and he's having this encounter, this crazy encounter that is ecstasy. That is, the word ecstasy is literally a Bible word. It's not just a drug. They named a drug. How many of you guys know that drugs and alcohol are actually false versions of a real thing? They're counterfeits. Like whatever people are trying to get off that, God has the real thing and it's actually good. It's better. Absolutely. All right, so I want you to just think in terms, when, when he went into a trance, think in terms of intoxicated on the ecstasies of wonder in God's presence, love, and goodness. All right? So God's offering you an exhilarating experience from the Holy Spirit that he wants to take it soul, body, and spirit. He wants to give you spirit, soul, body, encounter, ecstasy, encounter. How are you guys doing right now? You're swimming? Come on. Oh, you want to say it real quick? I don't know if I remember it good enough. Can you say it? David just had a dream the other night. Tell, tell me if I say it right. He had a dream the other night that a, a river, the church flooded. That's what it was. The church flooded and people were swimming, right? People are getting, yeah, the, the church flooded and people are getting baptized. Is that the whole dream? And then people started swimming in it. Come on. That's prophetic. Yeah. Please don't stay sober right now. I need, I'm counting on you. Years ago, I led a missions trip to Japan. And one of many, this night I was, I was ministering to this group of people that came from around the region to come and encounter God with this. And the Holy Spirit broke out, and I had to change my plan because I, 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 I actually felt a holy reverence to the Lord that if I'm not very careful, I might say something other than what he's doing and break what God's doing. And there's one part in the night that we were praying in the Spirit, and I was leading us praying in tongues. And I don't remember all that happened. I know that God's glory came so strong that people were stuck to the floor and in their chairs, and they couldn't get up. It was, it was ecstasy, all right? But, uh, but afterwards, a lady came up to me, and she said, you probably don't know this, but when you were praying in tongues, you actually said a Japanese word in your tongue. I said, well, what was the word? And the word is... Sake dokoro. Sake dokoro. Everybody say sake dokoro. Decent. Sake dokoro. Sake dokoro has dual meaning. There's two meanings on it. The first meaning is a secret place or a hiding place. <laughs> secret place or hiding place. And in the Japanese Bible... The word sake dokoro is actually in there in Psalm 32, 7. 
I had no idea. I didn't even know I was saying Japanese words. But this verse says, you are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. It's, it says, you are my sake dokoro. Had no idea. I was actually praying a tongue that was their language. Hiding place. And, and the Lord was beckoning us into his secret place with him. To come into that intimate union place with Jesus. To encounter him. Come on. So you are my sake dokoro. Everybody say, you are my hiding place. And if you want to just have fun, say, you are my sake dokoro. But the other meaning of the word sake dokoro is house of wine. House of wine. Sake is rice wine. Dokoro is house. Sake dokoro means house of wine. Whoa, that's crazy. And, and then the town that we're in is called Nishinomiya, and, that, and it is actually known throughout all of Japan, and they call it the house of wine, because they have a lot of sake houses there. All right, so it's actually very prophetic. And, and in Ephesians 5.18, it says, Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on. Come on. Why would he put the two together? Because wine, or let's just say alcoholic um, drunkenness, is a, it's a counterfeit to the real thing that God is. Do you remember earlier when I read that verse out of Song of Solomon? It says, your love is better than wine. Yeah. I'm feeling it right now, guys. In Acts 2, when the Pentecost came and the Holy Spirit fell out on them, and, and signs and waters started breaking out, and, and people from all around the world were out there, and thousands of them heard things going on in that building, and they heard them speaking in tongues the oracles of God in their own languages, and, and then people were mocking them, make fun of them, and they said, these guys are they're just drunk with sweet wine. And then Peter stands up before them and he says, we are not drunk as you suppose. He didn't say we're not drunk. <laughs> he said we're not drunk as you suppose. You think we're drunk on alcohol having this party? No, we're drunk on the Holy Ghost. Come on. Ex ecstasies in his glorious presence. Whoa. <clears throat> And, and then in, in Song of Solomon 2.4, just want you to remember that. Your love is better than wine. I want you to say that with me. Your love is better than wine. Like his love, I want to tell you, he, he actually wants to love you with such a tangible, manifested love that can intoxicate you in ways that you've never been intoxicated before. Yes. Song of Solomon 2.4 says this, He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. <laughs> the word banqueting house, banqueting in Hebrew, is yayen, and it means wine and intoxication. So it literally is talking about the house of wine. It says, you bring me into your house of wine, and your banner over me is love. I want to tell you guys something. I hope you'll get this. I really, really want you to get this. Like I, I'm, I'm pushing myself in here past comfort zones. Jesus has such love for you. Manif he wants to manifest love to you so much to saturate you and consume you and soak you in his love so much that you get intoxicated and you drink it in and, and, and it makes you inebriated with no hangovers. Instead of it bringing people into depression like alcohol does and rage and all those things, it brings you into love and joy and peace and patience and goodness, kindness and self-control. Come on. 
because it's the real thing. The devil brings counterfeits because he's trying to destroy people, but the Holy Spirit is the real thing, and there's no high like the most high. Come on. And Jesus was called the wine-bibber. They called him a drunkard. Why would they do that? It's because he was so full of the Holy Spirit, and he was the happiest person in the world, and people thought there's no way you could be like that except if you were drinking wine all the time. But no, it's because two things, love and Holy Ghost. He knew the love of his Father, and he lived from that and let it saturate him and and fill him so much that it was tangible, drunkenness of the Father's love. And the Holy Spirit, who is the new wine, guys. The Holy Spirit is the new wine, and Jesus even said, new wine must be put in new wineskins. Come on. And God wants to fill us with the Holy Ghost, and he wants to saturate us in the manifest love of Christ. And I want to tell you that whatever measure you're experiencing God, it's good, but it's not enough. He wants to give you more. And the river, is, it, goes, it goes out, and it's ankle deep. It goes out more, and it's knee deep. It goes out more, and it's waist deep. And it goes out more, and it's exponential increase. It goes over your head, and you can't even control it. You can only swim in it. Who wants more, guys? Come on. I'm trying to get you guys stirred up here. Because the Holy Spirit wants to give you more. He wants to give you the sake dokoro. <laughs> it's the hiding place where his love is, and it's the house of wine. He wants to bring us in to tangible manifestations of intoxications, the ecstasies of his goodness. Sometimes you guys watch me up here, and I'm starting to get drunk and stuff, and I'm like, should I keep doing this? For your sake or not. <laughs> and sometimes I'm even like working through that. Am I, am I going to go to this ecstatic place with God that's between me and him? Or am I going to try to stay of sound mind for y'all? And I'm kind of caught in between. And I'm like, I, I think I'm going to go all the way and just trust you guys are going to jump in with me. <laughs> who, who, who wants... Who wants the, the Holy Spirit? Who wants to invite the Holy Spirit to come in more? And I mean right now. I don't mean like, I don't just mean in general. I mean now. Who wants to invite Holy Spirit to come on you more and, to, and just to pour that new wine in you and you drink it and let it just kind of come in? Because I don't know. if you In the world, you t- I'm talking about the, the, the false version of this. You see people get drunk and some people are so drunkards that they're like water, waterlogged. And that's what I want to be in the spirit the right way. <laughs> We're, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Thank you. Yes, please pray for me for more. Come on. That's good. Guys, I feel like I've been working hard this morning. I don't know why, but <laughs> trust in the Holy Spirit. Is this helping anybody? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Let, let me ask this question. I'll let maybe a couple of you shout a quick answer to me. What, what's your main takeaway from what I just shared? <laughs> Come on. Suck it. Suck it. What? Exist to me? What, what is that to you? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So let me let me ask this next question. Then, what is your takeaway that you're actually going to engage with? Take the life jacket off. What says somebody say over here? Joy. What else? Come on. Joy. Enjoy. Enjoy him. Come on. What did I hear over here? Huh? Go deep. Come on. Do, who, who wants, all right, I'm going to close. <laughs> you guys have Mother's Day, man. What am I doing here? I'm out of my mind. I know. That was a play. That was, I was playing with the, what's that? Is it? Come on. All right. 
put some music on behind me, John. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray for you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna dismiss you if you have to go. But if anybody wants us to pray, Jessica's gonna join me, and we're gonna lay hands on people who wants to come up here and. Just ask for the new wine. Just to come start soaking into you. and and you. But you have to come up here believing that it's coming to you, right? Because the, the harder part's on you. that <laughs> You're going to come up here expecting it. But we're going to lay hands on people. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. And if you need to get going, you go. If you want to come up here, you can.